0: Hello, I am Bob Mooney. I am a Bible teacher in the local body of Christ, and I have been an interim pastor of a home church for a number of years. I hope you find these Bible lessons a blessing and of practical value. Well, this is our fourth lesson in studying 1 John, and today we're going to look at coming clean with God. And our text will be 1 John 1, verses 1 through 5. But first, I'd like to take a moment to review our last lesson. And in that lesson, we saw that John writes as a loving father and pastor, obviously caring deeply for his flock. He wants the church to know they have eternal life in Christ Jesus. He wanted to warn them about those who wanted to come and steal it away from them. He wanted their faith to be built upon nothing but the truth of the gospel. And he gives us four tests to see if people are true Christians, the historical, the theological, the moral, and the social tests. Either you pass these tests or not, there is no middle ground. And finally, we looked at Syrinthus and the Gnostics and those who didn't pass the theological test. They did not believe that Jesus was both human and divine. They were much like some of the modern religions of today. We need to keep these things in mind as we move forward with our study, and hopefully they will be made clear. Well, let's look at our text this morning. Again, it's 1 John 1, verses 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Well, Let's take these one verse at a time, starting with verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Light is a common metaphor in most religions, no more so than the Bible. Intellectually, light is truth and darkness is ignorance or error. Morally, light is purity and darkness evil. And we will see this in these following three Old Testament scriptures. In Psalm 119, 104, and 105, the psalmist writes, I gain understanding from your precepts therefore I hate every wrong path your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path his word is truth and lights the way for us to walk with him in purity and righteousness and in isaiah 42:6 isaiah wrote i the lord have called you in righteousness i will take hold of your hand i will keep you and i will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. God is saying here that he will take us, he will keep us and he will make us to be a covenant and make us a light. It's his doing, his making and keeping us, not of our own strength, but of his. And again, in Isaiah 49, 5 and 6, he writes, And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob, and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Again, Isaiah says here that God will make us to be a light for the Gentiles. In order for God to, quote unquote, make us to be anything, we must first yield to him. We must make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of our lives. And I also want to make a point here to say that when I say that God makes us, as in Isaiah, it's not in the sense that He wants to force us to do anything. He makes us in the sense that He creates us. It's Him that forms and shapes us. Again, as long as we yield our lives to Him. In Luke 2.30, In 32, he writes, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people Israel. Light is also a symbol of righteousness. We see this in John 12, 35 and 36. Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer walk while you have the light, before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of the light. John Stott writes in his commentary on 1 John, the effect of the light is not just to make people see, but to enable them to walk. Right conduct, not just clear vision, is the benefit which light bestows. And then he goes on to say it is his nature to reveal himself as it is the property of light to shine and the revelation is of perfect purity and unutterable majesty. We are to think of God as a personal being, infinite in all his perfections, transient, the high and lofty one, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. You see the error of the heretics namely the Gnostics was due to their ignorance of God's ethical self-revelation as light. After all how could they have a true knowing intimate relationship with God the Father in whom there is no darkness at all and, and ignore God's moral standards. Christianity is the only religion that insists on taking sin seriously and also provides a moral solution. And that solution is the acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Literally, the translation in Greek here at the end is, there's no darkness in him, none. John uses a double negative here for emphasis. Well, let's move on to verse six. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth lie literally here means false so if we say we walk in the light but really are not we are frauds we are not practicing the truth truth in in greek literally means in john's writings the sense of reality are you a false christian or are you a real christian this is the essence of what john is saying here and when he writes if we claim there are three false claims of the heretics that are spo- exposed and dealt with. Again, Stott puts it this way, A person's verbal profession is not necessarily to be b- believed. It must first be tested in itself, in its relation to the fundamental truth that God is light, and in its bearing upon its, one's behavior. In other words, our actions are lifestyles compared to God's light. Speak louder than what we claim. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Well, if we remember, the word fellowship is koinonia in Greek. And it means an intimate fellowship. Cleanses or purifies. Cleanses is the word used in the King James Version is the word in Greek, katharizo, and it means catheter. Sorry where we get our English word. To catheterize means a cleansing of waste products from the body. An emotional catharsis is cleansing and emptying. The Greek word for sin, in this case, is hamartia, and it's the standard New Testament word for sin, although there are several others. Further in this study, we'll take a closer look at some of these other words. But originally, hamartia, the root word, was an archery term, and it means to miss the mark. If we miss the mark by 10 feet or by 100 feet, it doesn't make any difference. We still miss. In verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not missed the mark, we deceive ourselves, and reality is not in us. Here, John refutes the heretics' belief that sinless perfection was possible, and also that sin would not separate us from God. Their claim was that sin was not part of their nature. In verse 9, John goes on and writes, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confess literally means to speak the same as. When we confess, we're saying, I am calling sin what God calls sin. If we confess our sins, God does two things. He is faithful. Faith is is in the sense of trust and commitment and reliability and loyalty. If we confess our sins, he's trustworthy, he's faithful. You can rely on him 100%. He is also righteous and just. And the second thing he'll do is he'll forgive us of our sins and will cleanse us. He'll catharize us, wash out all the impurities, and wash out all the unrighteousness. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and sin. As believers, we shouldn't deny sin or pretend it doesn't exist on our lives. We need to confess to, to receive forgiveness and cleansing. He is faithful to forgive. He's faithful to cleanse us because he's promised to do so. And that's why he sent his son to die for our sin. Finally, in verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, We make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. The heretics claimed that their superior enlightenment made them incapable of sinning. They separated the body from the spirit and believed that what they did in their bodies did not affect their spirit. This belief goes contrary to the gospel, and thus makes God out to be a liar. If we say we have not missed the mark, we make God out to be phony. And his word, his logos, is not in us. Here in this section, John is very clear. God is light. If you ask a group of people, believers, sitting around a room and you say, fill in the blank, God is what? I've done this before and most of them, if not all of them, the first thing they say is, God is love. And I don't doubt that. I believe that wholeheartedly. But first and foremost, God is light. That doesn't mean that God is love is secondary in a sense that it, it's not the priority. But first and foremost, God is light. He's righteous. He's pure. And out of that purity and out of that light comes the love he has for his people. God is light. There is no gray area, period. This is a biblical fact. Isaiah 42, 6 and 7 sums it up well. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit. In darkness, God will make us what he will. But first we must take his hand and walk with him in righteousness. God wants to reveal himself to us. The only way we can have fellowship, that intimate koinonia, the only way we can have that intimate relationship with the Father is to walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we can have fellowship with one another. And then the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. When we miss the mark, we have the responsibility to confess our sins. Then he is faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. But first and foremost, we must confess our sins. We need to call sin what God says sin is sin. He is our standard through his word And not through our spouse, our pastors, our co-workers, our friends, or our neighbors. God is the standard. What has happened in the church today, at least in America, is we have allowed society through our culture, our government, and our courts to set the standard of what sin is. God is not politically correct. Often people look for another standard they can reach because they miss the target. We have not become a society of overwhelming darkness, but a society that has the absence of light. Because the church today doesn't call sin, sin, we run the risk of losing our saltiness. We have lost much of our Holy Spirit power because c- God cannot and will not fellowship with darkness, period. God is in the making business. He makes us what He wills. Again, by make, I don't mean He forces us to do anything. He will not go against our wills. He makes us. He creates us. He creates in us what He will. We have to be in a position to receive it, and we have to have the responsibility to walk in the light and confess when we miss the mark. We are then cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Then we are in a position to move along down His path that is illuminated by the light of His Word. I hope you have been blessed by this message. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at rmooney at carolina.rr.com And thank you for listening.